Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. And if you're ever in the Colorado Springs area, Sunday mornings, this is the place to be. God is here. Wonderful people are here to meet you and your life will not be the same. Amen. So make plans to join us if you're watching on TV and you ever happen to be in the area. Glory be to the name. year and i trust that so far the new year is treating you well and i pray in the name of jesus that as you cooperate with god uh, may this year be different for you in jesus mighty name and we're talking about just speaking on fridays um just mark your calendar on friday let's see here the first friday in february will be the fourth uh will come out at 10 30 p.m you can join online as well and we'll pray a little past uh, midnight, amen, into the month. Glory to God. And I pray that as we've been seeking God, even in this new year, uh, I know God will do something great for you this year. Amen. And we are talking about building on a solid foundation. And if you missed any of the previous sermons, you can catch up online. But it's so important how you start. The Bible says in Psalm 11.3. Let's start there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 11.3. The Bible says that if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If you don't have a foundation, you have nothing to build on. There's nothing that you can do successfully. But I pray as we are starting this new year, build on a solid foundation, build on a strong foundation, no matter what comes up, may your house stand in Jesus' name. Amen. We talked about Matthew chapter 7. It's one of our foundational scriptures for the month. Matthew chapter 7. Let's go back there again. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. He says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended. The floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sun. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So same conditions but different outcomes. The storms of life come to all of us. Uh, but whether you stand or not, it all depends. Notice the wise person is the one that hears the words and does them. And that ties into what we are talking about this morning. Obedience unlocks blessing. You see, in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve and he put them in the garden and everything was tied to their obedience. He said, look, everything in the garden is yours, except for the fruit that comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You shall not eat of the fruit of that tree. On the day that you eat of it, you will die. So for them to continue walking in the blessing, this is we're talking about walking in the fullness of the blessing. They had to obey God. And it's, it's, it's always been like that all throughout history. The blessing is tied to our obedience. So here Jesus is saying 
that the person who hears my words, sometimes we talk about building on a solid rock. Really, the person who that's building on a solid rock is the person that hears the words and does them. It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to do. It's one thing to sit in church on Sunday morning. It's another thing when you leave church between Sunday to another Sunday or midweek service to, be, to do the word of God. They are two, two different things. It's one thing to hear and let it go the other ear. It's another thing to hear and to be determined that, look, I'm going to do this. Adam and Eve had God. But when it came to the implementation, it was a totally different thing. I pray in the name of Jesus, this year receive the grace to hear and to obey in Jesus' mighty name. You want this year to be different, this is the place. This is the foundation to start on. So what is in obedience? Notice what the Bible says in Psalm 34. Look at some examples in the Bible See, so God will tell us what not to do, then he will tell us what to do. But notice what the Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 8. Obedience is the only way to prove the validity of any Bible truth in our lives. Notice what the Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 8. It says, O tests and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. What an open invitation. See, when God created everything, he said it was good. And here God is inviting you and I to come. And he's saying, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. The man that is blessed is the man who puts his trust. The person who put their trust and their confidence in God. And is determined that they will go all out with God. I pray may that be your testimony in the name of Jesus. That this year, I'm determined to go all out with God. There's a company of people in the earth. You see, in every generation, you'll find people in the earth that are willing to walk with God. I pray in the name of Jesus, when God looks throughout the whole earth and is looking for somebody that is willing to walk with him, may he find you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Obedience is doing whatever the word says to do to commit God to confirm his word in our lives. Whatever God says to do, we talked about this in one, in one of the lessons, the classic text, uh, Mary's classic advice to the people that ran out of wine at that wedding. They went to Jesus, and then Jesus said, look, fill the water pots with water. Uh, fill it with water. They said, no, no, we don't need what we need. Water. Said, you fill it with water. But Mary said to them, to the servant, John chapter 2, verse 5, he said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever God says to you, do it. There is a miracle on the other side. There is a blessing on the other side. Whatever he says to you, do it. That's the key to successful living. 
One time, Jesus came to, to, to Peter in Luke chapter 5. Um, Peter and his friends, they have worked all night. Sometimes it feels like that. You've worked, you've done your very best, and they had nothing to show for it. And he comes to Peter and says, look, Peter, okay, you let, just, just give me your boat. Let's, let me teach from it. And after he taught, he had, he had Peter on his mind. He had Peter's family on his mind. He knew that they, they, that's how they, they, they fed themselves. So he said to Peter, launch out into the deep for, for a drought, for, for a catch. Peter said, ah, we've tried all night. We've done our very best. But if you say so, we'll go ahead. And when he did, they caught a great multitude of fish. I pray in the name of Jesus one more time, receive the grace to walk in obedience in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Three, passing the obedient test is what causes us to walk in the blessing. We see Abraham, he passed the test in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. He passed the test in Genesis chapter 16. He passed the test in Genesis chapter 22. He kept moving on with God through his obedience. Offer your son Isaac. No problem. The next day, no questions asked. He's on his way. Circumcise your household. He doesn't. Sometimes, obedience may be costly. But, the end result is priceless. I repeat it again. Sometimes, obedience may be costly. But the end result is priceless. Abraham obeyed and we are still talking about him today. It's the gateway to see God's hand at work in our lives. He said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 28, you, you'll, be ahead, you'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above only if you obey me. Just obey God. And sometimes the price is costly. Like, like for instance, Abraham, he has only one son. I mean, uh, Isaac. And God comes to him and says, you come and offer Isaac to me. That's not an easy thing. But the very next morning, you don't hear him say one word. Oh, he says, look, we are going to go sacrifice. We'll come back. And Pastor Paula has a, 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 a story along those lines as to how uh, obedience is rewarded even sometimes when it's costly. So I'll let her come and share. Okay. You look smashing. Okay. That means you look beautiful. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I... Um Sorry to interrupt your morning, your morning service today, but uh, Pastor had said, do you remember that testimony you shared with me when we were in college? And so we're in the same college. I was in biomedical school, and I did biological sciences, and I specialized in microbiology. So one day I was about to turn in my biochemistry paperwork. So I go turn it into the professor, and he's handing me a paper, and I'm wondering, what is this? So I look on it. <laughs> I mean, he's, he has it in his hands, but I don't take it from him. But I, I'm looking at it, and I said, what is this? And he says, these are your exam questions and answers. I'm like, I, I don't need it. 
So I gave it back to him and I walked out of the office and I left. And if you know a little bit about my story, um, I was rejected when I became a Christian. So these were the days where things were hard financially and in so many ways. Um, I didn't even have a room at the time in college. So I was everything was upside down. So if there was a time where you could be tempted to do wrong, it was. But I, I just remember the story about the three men who were in the fire. And while they were in the fire, they had told the king that, oh, king, uh, whether God delivers us or he doesn't, we won't take your, um, we're not going to bow down. And, and I feel like sometimes God gives us that spirit of faith. It's supernatural to say no to what is wrong, not because we have it all planned out, not because I had studied and I was so ready for the exam, because that was the worst time I could. But something in me rose and I was like, I don't even care if I fail. And then during the exam, the, the, the professor, he came and he stared at my face and I stared at his face and it was like, I don't care. I, my facial expression was, I don't care. It's like, I don't care whether I, I do well in this exam or not. Now, the thing about the way exams were graded at the time was you don't know what each grade holds. So you don't know if question one is all the 90 points and then the rest is going to spread out. The teachers had that flexibility to do that or the lecturers, right? So I didn't know what was going to happen, uh, what I was going to get. So... Uh, we had a group where we study, and one of our um, one of the TAs was a sibling of the of one of the students in my study group. So she will always call and tell us our grades because they post it publicly. Like you're not having any hidden grades, they post it publicly. And so she calls, and the first thing I said is, "What I get in biochemistry?" And she said, "You had a B plus." I said, "No, no." There's no way I could have had a B plus. <laughs> I said, are you sure? What I, I, I don't care about all the other subjects, but what did I get in biochemistry? She says, you had a B plus. And I didn't understand it then because I knew I didn't put out work that was B plus. I know what I put in that paper. And I couldn't understand why the lecturer still went ahead and gave me a B plus. But in retrospect, when I began to think about it many years later, I was like, I think he was afraid I was going to report him. I didn't think of it then, because now it had flipped to where if I had reported him, he would be taken out of the school or he would lose his job. But it didn't, it wasn't, it, sometimes it's not apparent before you when it's all happening. I was like, ha, huh, he gave me a B plus because he now, it flipped on him and he was afraid that he's gonna be, um, he's gonna lose his job. But then uh, fast forward, we're graduating and I find out that there are a number of girls who are not graduating. And then we find out that it's because all through the four years, every time we were hitting our heads and studying and uh, waking up at 2 a.m., <laughs> trying to make the grade, they had the easy part. Like, we were, we were studying, like, trying to the midnight oil to make it work. And so I think about seven girls didn't graduate and didn't come through and didn't, 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 didn't uh, graduate at that time. And I was like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> that, like, it, it all happened quietly, but the shame would have been public. And sometimes I feel like God always gives us an opportunity in secret to do the right thing. Before the public shame ever comes, he would always give us an opportunity to do the right thing in secret. 
still. Yay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for sharing. Obedience, peace, do the right thing. Amen. Let's talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So sometimes obedience is costly, but when you obey, it always ends up well. Amen. The thing that hinders us sometimes is partial obedience. Partial obedience. There's total disobedience like we see. Like, for instance, I mean, um, Moses. God told him that he should take the people of God to the promised land. And on his way, God told him, first one time they needed water and God said, uh, hit the rock. And water came out. The next time, the people were complaining again, and God said, now this time, speak to the rock. I want you to do something different. And notice what Moses did in Numbers chapter 20. Numbers 20, verse 11, he says, then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. You see, the water still came out. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Moses got angry, and Moses, verse 10 says, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of, out of, of the rock? So he lifted us, and then he hid the thing twice. He thought it was just a simple thing. Later he was begging God, please, take, let me go to the process. I said, mm -mm -mm, it's done. It's at, there's a certain level you get to, you cannot make some mistakes. <laughs> he said, no, 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 no. You will see the land, but you will not step on it. So think about it. a great man like Moses. His anger and his disobedience prevented him from finishing the vision, the goal, the dream that he had started. All because he thinks he has a better idea. All because he's angry. May you not fall short in Jesus' name. You see, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. One time again, Saul, uh, in, in God said, look, go wipe out the Amalekites. Everything. Saul goes and he says, look, I've done what you said, but I spared these things, these animals, these things to sacrifice. It sounds very nice to say. Partial obedience. Notice what Samuel said to him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. That was a very sad day, both for Moses and for Saul. 
Because, oh, no, it's, 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 it seems innocent. It seems harmless. But I pray in the name of Jesus, receive the grace to walk with God this year so that you can accomplish the vision and the goal, the dreams that God has for you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All of them, Moses said the people. So also so the same thing, the people. It is easy to blame somebody else. <laughs> Adam said, the wife you gave me. Eve also said, the serpent. <laughs> but you see, it's, it's so easy. He said, you rebels. He got so upset. Later on, when he's referenced in the New Testament, it's almost like crucifying Christ twice. He thought it was just a simple act. Oh, but I pray in the name of Jesus. May we not miss out on God's best for us in Jesus' mighty name. See, God, you see, it's receiving, believing, and obeying the instruction of the Lord that causes us to walk in God's best. And if you think about it, you are where you are today because of the words that you obeyed and acted on. And where you are going to be this year, later on this year, and in future, is, is also dependent on your obedience. And you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. I said you can do, you can do it. Amen. I said you can do it. Amen. You will do it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God watches over his word to perform. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. God watches over his word to perform jeremiah 1 12 then the lord said to me you have seen well for i'm ready to perform my word i'm ready to perform my word when we act on god's word he's ready god is ever ready he waits for us to act on his words. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sometimes the instructions that he gives us from a natural standpoint, uh, I mean, it, 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 may, it, may, it may not be what we want to do. I mean, it, I mean, think about it. I mean, the children of Israel, they get to, to Jericho, and this place is walled up very high. And they tell us the wall is as thick. Like, I mean, six chariots can walk on that wall. And then he says to them, you go around seven times the wall. The first day when you go, don't say anything. I'm sure God knew these people. The way they, 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 they talk. If they start talking, they'll talk unbelief. So you just keep your mouth shut. Don't stay neutral. <laughs> and imagine I mean, what's going through their minds. Look, wouldn't these people see us? They are swords. They have all these things. God says, you go around the wall. 
can keep quiet when you go around. He said, okay, no problem, we'll do that. And on the seventh day, shout. And when they shouted, the wall fell down flat. If something is as high as that, and thick, and it falls down and it's flat, that alone is a miracle. <laughs> Simple obedience was what caused that miracle to be wrought in their lives. I don't know the wall that you are up against. I don't know the challenge that you are up against. But in the name of Jesus, this year as you walk with God, I see that wall coming down in Jesus' name. I see that wall coming down in Jesus' name. I see that wall coming down in Jesus' name. I see that wall coming down in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Sometimes, again, especially when it comes to our finances, ob obedience to God makes all the difference. Every area of our lives. Like Pastor Paul was talking about, I mean, when she was doing it, she didn't know the consequences. Like take, for instance, the, woman, the widow of Zarephath. First Kings chapter 17. First Kings. Mark all these verses. Don't let them get away from you. First Kings chapter 17, verse 10, the Bible says God had told um, the prophet, go to Zarephath, the woman of Zarephath, the widow of Zarephath, and I'll sustain you there. The brook had dried up. God gave, gave him another direction to, to keep moving. Verse 10 says, First Kings 17, 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to meet it, going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make a small cake from it first. And bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. Now God is, he says, this is what God says. The bin of flour shall not be used up. Nor shall the jar of oil run dry. Until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So he, she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. It's a famine going on, but don't deceive yourself. When, when there are economic hardship going on, not everybody is suffering economically. No, 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 no. It's a famine going on, but she and her household are eating really well. All in obedience to one instruction. She could have said, you wicked prophet, are you sure you heard from God? What you? No, God didn't tell you anything. <laughs> You're trying to deceive me, trick me. Make for me first. Make for me first. We talked about it in the first lesson. We serve a make for me first God. Matthew 6.33 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. God says, give this, bless somebody with this. Give your tithes and offerings. The, the, the thing that you have, you owe your, or your rent. And it's not even enough. But somewhere, somewhere, when you do it and you obey, all of a sudden, you may get a call from the landlord and say, oh, this month, your rent is free. Make for me first. <laughs> Make for me first. <laughs> Make for me first. Hey, how is she? And, uh, I mean, the, I mean, we are just, it's, it's not enough anyway. We are going to eat and die. But when she obeyed and did the word of the Lord, her life was not the same afterwards. I pray in the name of Jesus, this year, as you walk in obedience to God, May you move from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Elisha was walking in the same steps, Second Kings chapter 4. And again, the Bible says, verse 1, A certain one of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take away my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not just gather a few, just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set the full ones aside. So she went from him. So someone would say, what, is, what good is that going to do? <laughs> go borrow empty vessels. That's not what we need. <laughs> but she went and did. The Bible says, so she went for me and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me a vessel. He said, this is another. So the oil seized. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons live on the rest. The sons are no longer going to be given away. A household is taken care of. I pray this year God will take care of you. I said God will take care of you. I said God will take care of you. I said God will take care of you. As you cooperate with him in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Now think about Jesus. Now let's get to Jesus. Jesus comes to the earth. He does all those things. You see, if, if all that Jesus had, well, I mean, was to come to the earth and do all those miracles, teach, preach, heal, cast out devils, if that had been the end of it, you and I would not be here today. When he came to the, the primary reason that he came, he was in the garden. He said, and he kept, he kept, he said, he's, he's the one that said, I'm not here to do my own will. I'm here to do and to please the Father. But when the rubber meets the road, when the rubber met the road in the garden of Gethsemane, he didn't, it's like, no. Is there another way we can do this? But he responded and said, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And he says to us in Philippians chapter 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Verse 5. 
let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, have the same mindset. What is the mind that he had? Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking, but taking the form of a born servant and coming in the likeness of man, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. He humbled himself, himself and became obedient. Have the same mindset. And became obedient. And became what? Talk to me now this morning. And became what? Let's preach this together. And became what? And became what? And became what? Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's Jesus. And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The cross was a humiliating place. But what was the result? What was the result? Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and giving him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Notice the results of his obedience. A name that is above every other name. Thank God that name still works today. Because he obeyed. And in the name of Jesus, when you commit to obeying God, you don't lose. You end up winning in the end. Let that same mind be in you that was in Jesus. God, I sense his presence. Every time you mention that name, you, sense, you, you could sense something happen here when we mention the name Jesus. Something happened. The name is still working. <laughs> Let the same mind be in you. Let the same mind be in you. Let the same mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. When you obey God, you disarm all opposition. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When you obey God, the opposition is disarmed. He starts talking about verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, in everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And verse 6, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You punish the disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. He says, those weapons are not carnal. 
to put thoughts into captivity. The thoughts that come sometimes comes to your mind to disobey God. Really, the thought is coming against the knowledge of God that you have. You you've heard the word of God this morning. You have a certain knowledge about the word of God. As soon as you leave, sometimes you may run into a temptation that comes contrary to the knowledge of God that you have. But in the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ made it. Adam and Eve failed. But Jesus Christ made it. You will also make it. I said you will also make it. I said you will also make it. Being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Practical obedience. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Willful obedience. You see, all of us have a will. We have a choice. And every day we are making decisions. But when we willingly obey, he says in 1 Corinthians 9, 17, for if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I've been entrusted with a stewardship. Willful obedience. Lord, I'm not here. The same mind that was in Jesus this year, I want to have that same mindset. <laughs> Became obedient. Became obedient. That's my mindset. I want to be obedient to you, Lord. Lord, as I hear God's word, as I read the word of God, give me the grace to obey. Give me the strength to, be, to obey. Like Saul, sometimes the pressure from friends, outside influence is very strong. I'm pulling you in this direction. But in the name of Jesus, receive the strength to stand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Think about it. A whole nation. Everybody is bowing down to the image. It's a lot of pressure. A lot of peer pressure. <laughs> to compromise. He said, no, no, no. We're not going to do it. We are going to go into the fire. And our God will deliver us. Receive that inner strength. It takes a level of strength to be able to do that. Receive that strength in Jesus' name. Receive that strength in Jesus' name. Oh my, there's so much. But let's wrap up with this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, you can be in church for a very long time. Sometimes that's what hinders people. Be a Christian for a very long time. But what Jesus has made available, it, you're not seeing it. It ties to this. But somebody like Paul, notice he said to when, when, when he encountered the Lord, he was angry against, against God and God's people. He was out persecuting them. And one day he had an encounter with God. With Jesus. Jesus called him. So, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was doing the right thing. Sometimes what seems like the right thing is not the right thing. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 16 verse 25. But God had mercy on him. And when he encountered God, man, that man was not the same. So he says, you're speaking and, 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 and defending himself. Now he's on the other side. First he was persecuting the Christians. Now the people are, the people are coming after him for moral angles. <laughs> and, 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 and he's defending himself. So he says, in his account, 
in Acts chapter 26, verse 14. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice. That's what made the difference. Everybody saw the light, but he heard a voice. And saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He thought he was persecuting the, the, the Christians, but Jesus said, what's going on? What are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me? Because the Christians are part of the body of Christ. What you do to others, to other Christians, your sister, brothers and sisters, you are doing it to Jesus. So he says, I pray we treat each other right. It is hard for you to kick against the goat. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Now notice what he's saying to the king. Therefore, King Agrippa, and I pray you will say the same thing. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. When I encountered the Lord Jesus, I chose not to walk in disobedience. I chose to walk in obedience. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And now look, we are still talking about the man today. You can, you can hardly preach and not talk about him. You talk about Jesus, then the next you talk about Paul. Oh, there is a lot of disobedience in the air. But in the name of Jesus, this morning I'm looking at a company of people. And there's also a company of people in the air. Like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Paul. I am one of them. Thank God I'm also called Paul. I like that name. Like <laughs> We have decided that in our generation... We will not be disobedient to the heavenly vision. We have decided that we will stand for God. We have decided that we will take our cross daily and follow the master and follow Jesus. No matter what anybody says, we are on God's side. No matter what the world throws at us, we are saying, oh God, we love you. You gave our life, your life for us. Now we give our lives to you. We will not be disobedient to the heavenly vision. Wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. God has a plan for your life. God has a vision for your life. But I pray in the name of Jesus. You say, I will not be disobedient to the heavenly vision. Paul said, I've run the race. I've finished my course. How may you be able to say the purpose for which God sent me to the earth? I have worked and lived and fulfilled that purpose in the name of Jesus. Somebody is saying, Pastor, I'm not on the right road. Saul wasn't either. Oh, but he encountered Jesus. He yielded his life to Jesus. I pray may you yield your life to Jesus. May you give your life to Jesus. May you go all out for Jesus. Say, I'm not disobedient to the heavenly vision. If the whole world goes against God, I will stand for God. 
I am on God's side. I will obey God. I will obey God. I will obey God. Others have gone ahead of us and they've done it. And it's our time. We will also obey God. Oral Roberts was a, was, was a healing evangelist. He lived. And one of the things his mother kept saying to him was, Oral, obey God and keep small in your eyes and you will touch the world. And touch the world he did. You can start right where you are. And begin to obey God. And as you take those steps, you begin to influence the life of others. You begin to, you begin to influence others for good. In the name of Jesus. King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Say that to yourself. Lord, I know you have a plan for my life for this year. I know. Like Esther, I was born for such a time as this. And I will not be disobedient. I will not be disobedient. I will not be disobedient. I will follow you, O God. With my all. I will do my very best. I know you have your day sometimes. But rise up and say, oh God, this is a new year. This is a new day. This is a new beginning. King Agrippa. That's why I'm standing before you today. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Obey God. No matter what. No matter what. It starts with a determination. You see, you have to have a preconditioned response. That when this scenario comes up, this is what I'm going to do in obedience to God. You pre-program the response. <laughs> When this situation comes up, this is what I'm going to do. That's one of the easiest way to walk in obedience. A pre-determined response. Like Moses, for instance, anger got the better of him. The Bible tells you how to deal with anger. <laughs> it says be angry and, and sin not. When you are angry, don't sin. But you get to the place and say no. This I am determined. When this comes up, this is what I'm going to, to do. Like Paul says, he says, I've, he says, I've forgiven you ahead of time. <laughs> so before the thing comes, I've forgiven you. <laughs> A preconditioned response. Oh my God, I know you're hungry for God. This year, God will show himself strong on your behalf. He will show himself strong. And became obedient. Let this same mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. As you do that, take steps of obedience. You will walk in the fullness of the blessing in Jesus' name. Let's pray. We'll continue on Wednesday and Sunday. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to the name of the Lord. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.